A vehicle stopped at a rural junction near the Yangtonsu Indian Reservation in Lake Andes, South Dakota, on the morning of December 12, 1992. Ice covered the road, and to access the victim's remains, a police investigator had to wade through the mug. Arnold Archambault, 20, was the driver, and his girlfriend, Ruby Rugier, 19, was one of the travellers. Ruby's cousin, Tracy Dion, aged 17, was the other traveller. When the vehicle rolled over in a freezing ditch, all three of them had been drinking. However, by the time help arrived, there was just one person in the car, this being Tracy. Due to unexplained reasons, she was abandoned by Arnold and Ruby. In today's episode, we will be discussing the unsolved mystery of Arnold Archambault and Ruby Brugier. Hey, I'm your host, Benjamin Bryan, and you're listening to Peaced, a Create Network production. On December the 12th, 1992, 6 o'clock in the morning, a Chevrolet Monte Carlo pulled up to a rural crossroads on Highway 281 near the Yangtonsu Indian Reservation in Lake Andes, South Dakota. It was freezing and ice covered the road. The three people in the vehicle were all intoxicated. As the car left the intersection, the driver lost control. The vehicle left the road and landed upside down in a ditch which was frozen. Arnold Archambault, a 20-year-old, was the car's driver. His girlfriend of 18 years, Ruby Brugier, was one of the travellers. Ruby's cousin, Tracy Dion, aged 17, was the other traveller in the back of the car. Now, Tracy recalled what happened. We came up to the stop sign. That's all I remember, is just him looking and saying, there is no cars, and him spinning out from the stop sign. And it was just like the snap of a finger, and the next thing you know, we ended up in a ditch. I was upside down in the ditch, and Ruby and I were in the car. Arnold wasn't in the car. I don't know where he was. Ruby was crying. She was saying, oh my god, oh my god. She just kept hitting the car. The next thing I know, the door, it was open, and she had enough room where she slid out. And then I was going to reach over, and then it was just like that. The door went shut. Tracy was the only person left in the vehicle when assistance arrived. She was hauled out of it and was sent to safety. Arnold and Ruby had seemingly just walked away and left her for some reason. And because she still cannot fathom that they completely vanished, disappeared, she was baffled as to why they would go without making an effort to assist her. Why did they abandon their best friend who was stranded in a flipped vehicle in the freezing weather? There were absolutely no indications of the young couple for three months. They had essentially disappeared into thin air. Around three months later, Ruby's body was discovered floating in the ditch on the morning of March 10th, 1993. Arnold's body was found the following day. In the weeks following the accident, the vicinity of the ditch had been thoroughly examined. However, the remains were discovered approximately 75 feet from the scene of the collision. Every solution appears to raise yet another unsettling issue. In this extraordinary and odd case, one particular question we need to ask is, were Arnold and Ruby the targets of foul play? Both Ruby and Arnold were Yangtonsus. On the reservation, they shared a childhood. In high school, they started dating and they soon fell in love. After his mother passed away when he was 13, his aunt, Karen, assisted in raising him. He was a very lovely young man, she recalled. 
who had never gotten into any major difficulty. She encouraged him to perform well in class and saw that he graduated. He was very well liked at school. In fact, he was so well liked that during his senior year, he was named prom king. Ruby was a kind person, according to Quentin Brugier, Ruby's father. She never stopped giggling and making jokes. She never criticized her parents in any way. She would inform her family if she ever committed any wrongdoing with the birth of their daughter, Erica Mary. In 1991, Ruby and Arnold became parents. Ruby and Arnold were still in their early 20s and were hardly ready to start a family. Now, Ruby, Arnold and Tracy started partying late at night on December the 11th, 1992. It was a Saturday. They arrived back at Tracy's home where they had left Erica at roughly 6 a.m. The following morning, Tracy's dad was standing by to greet them. Arnold asked if they could pick up Erica. However, Tracy's father, though, observed that they had been drinking. They agreed to his suggestion that they leave Erica with him and pick her up later that day. And Tracy informed her father that she would be joining Arnold and Ruby there, to which they then departed. The trio arrived at the crossroads a little while later. Tracy said that they looked around for additional vehicles, to which they found none. Arnold sped out of the junction as the vehicle flipped over. They then noticed that they were laying on their backs in the ditch. She and Ruby started yelling for assistance. Strangely, Arnold wasn't in the car at this time. Ruby started to sob and scream, oh my god, in her rage. She also slammed the car repeatedly. Now, moments later, Ruby was able to slide out of the door next to her. The door banged shut as Tracy approached it, and she is baffled as to why Ruby and Arnold abandoned her there. The cops had already begun their search before dawn. The authorities worried that Arnold and Ruby had strayed off and fallen through the ice in another location, despite the fact that the area where the car had come to rest was completely frozen over. The police officers circled the freezing ditch, thinking that the pair may have gone off in the direction of the lake area. Now, the deputy from the sheriff's department said this, We walked around the ice park. We had one officer walk on the opposite side of the railroad tracks, thinking maybe they wandered off towards the lake area, which was also frozen. I've been to a number of accidents where there hasn't been somebody around. The driver hasn't been there, no passengers there, and a lot of the time it's because they've been partying, out drinking. I mean, we do have a drinking while influenced law. That was initially my first thought. Maybe Arnold was out drinking and didn't want to get arrested. So we figured he'd show up in a few days. Soon after the accident, police showed up and extensively inspected the area. Arnold and Ruby were nowhere to be found, despite searching the ditch lines and beyond. Police investigated a lake they believed the two might have run towards, and a nearby railroad track. There were very few leads, and at first the only information available was Tracy Dion's account of the accident. Although authorities and family members kept on looking for the pair, despite not finding any signs of them, the case of this bizarre tragedy wasn't resolved until four months later. A body was discovered in the ditch, and Bill Youngstrom, the deputy on duty at the time, received a call. Ruby Ruger's body was lying outside in the fresh spring air, 75 feet from the location of the tragedy. She was in such bad shape that she couldn't be seen and had to be recognized by a tattoo. Arnold's body was also found the next day, at noon, after the police department decided to search the ditch for him. Although he was in much better shape than Ruby and was clearly identifiable, 
Youngstrom noted a few strange things. Ruby was dressed in the clothes she had on the night of the accident, but her glasses and shoes were missing. And this is what Deputy Youngstrom said. Her glasses were missing, both shoes were missing, her clothes were intact, it appeared to be the same clothes that she had on the night of the accident, but the body was very decomposed. It was hard to recognise, and in fact, we had to get down to look at a tattoo to get a positive identification of the body. At that time, our department decided that we would start pumping the ditch out, and about noon the next day we found the body of Arnold submerged in the water, about 15 feet away from where we found Ruby. Arnold's body was very well kept, his skin colour was fine, the clothes were not frozen to the ground. There is a question mark as far as in our investigation if he was wearing the same clothes that he was wearing the night of the accident. Nobody knows what Arnold was wearing that night, thus the clothes he was wearing when he was discovered may or may not be the same. Additionally, I can find no record of any of his belongings being missing, so we must presume that everything he was wearing when he vanished was also recovered. Although autopsies could not pinpoint their exact time of death, they both died from exposure, which I will discuss further on. Now, there are a few minor anomalies throughout this case. When the bodies and a tuft of hair were discovered in the ditch, it was confirmed that the tuft belonged to Ruby. Take that with a grain of salt, because hair evidence is no longer as reliable as it previously was. She might not have owned it, or she might have. Now, just to mention, I'm not referring to conclusive hair evidence like DNA extracted from her root bulbs. Here, I'm referring to a visual assessment of hairs. Two hairs may only be described as consistent or inconsistent to a certain extent. It should never be presumed that the hairs were ripped from Ruby's scalp. The following peculiarity is a set of keys that Arnold was discovered with. When he was discovered, his pocket had two house keys and one car key. Deputy Youngstrom was unable to discover where those keys fit. He kept them and tried them in every car he found and every doorknob he encountered for years. But from what I can understand, he never figured it out. The final strange thing is a remark made by an unnamed woman. On New Year's Eve 1992, three weeks after the accident, she claimed to have seen Arnold with three other people. The witness successfully completed a polygraph test. Although they might provide authorities with a direction for their investigation, polygraphs commonly known as lie detector tests are not acceptable as evidence in American courts. She might have lied to pass the exam, or she might have thought Arnold was the man she saw, in which case she would not have had any negative physiological effects from delivering her story because she felt confident in her account. Now, Ruby's mother did not think Ruby would go for such a long time without seeing Erica, or at least getting in touch with her family. She questioned whether Ruby had been harmed or was unable to reach them for any other reason. No proof that Arnold and Ruby had slipped through the ice was ever discovered by the police. Deputy Youngstrom made the hunt a personal crusade throughout the course of the following three months. He put in endless hours of labour, following up on every lead at some point, but he failed to find anything. Now, death by exposure to Deputy Youngstrom implied that they were frozen to death. He thinks they might have died from exposure to the cold, but he doesn't think it happened in that ditch where their car tipped over. They could not have been there for the full three months, he claims. During that time, he made multiple trips along the ditch. Additionally, he has written statements confirmed by oath from bystanders who simply strolled by and had no connection to the crime. Their bodies could hardly have gone unnoticed, he claimed. 
Along the roadside, a tuft of hair was discovered. The forensic lab later concluded that Ruby had been the owner of the hair. The hair could not have been there for three months, according to Deputy Youngstrom. He thinks that when the bodies of Ruby and Arnold were transported back to the ditch from somewhere else, the hair was left there. A set of keys were also discovered by the deputy in Arnold's pocket. Two of the keys seemed to be house keys, with the other one being a car key. He still has the keys, but he hasn't located the car or the house or houses they belong to. Soon, another startling revelation. On New Year's Eve, about three weeks after he was reported missing, a witness claimed to have seen Arnold in a car with three other people. The witness has spoken with Arnold and is acquainted with him. She was certain that Arnold was the man in the vehicle, without any doubt. Now, the witness was brought in by authorities for a polygraph test. She did well. The people she claimed to have seen in the car's back seat also underwent a polygraph test, as they denied being in the car. They both, however, failed their polygraph tests, despite being interrogated extensively. They were adamant that they were not with Arnold that evening. They said they were at home. Additionally, five other witnesses who saw Arnold and Ruby after they vanished came forward after the accident. A witness saw the couple get into a car, which was later observed driving east. Another eyewitness claimed to have seen Ruby in the nearby town of Wagner, South Dakota, on January 20th, more than a month after the unlucky accident. Now, there are a lot of questions that everyone had, such as how did Arnold and Ruby's remains end up in the same ditch where their vehicle had been involved in an incident three months prior? An unusual coincidence? A police error of judgment? They didn't actually perish there. In Quinton's opinion, he thinks that they were returned there after having died elsewhere to make it appear as though they had. Karen is convinced that they were murdered. She doesn't know how they managed it, but both families feel that the police could have done more to investigate the issue. When the time comes, Deputy Youngstrom hopes to explain to Arnold and Ruby's daughter what actually transpired that evening. As for suspects, well, there aren't any. Police at the time were searching for two persons of interest. Just because the remains were found, two unidentified guys were spotted nearby. They have never been located or recognized and no additional information has ever been released. Other than the fact that the males were using a dark colored Chevy Blazer style car. Although these men are not charged with any crimes, but they might know something that could help the police crack this case. The FBI dismissed the case in 1999 after seven years due to a lack of proof that a crime had been committed. While some police officers think it was an accident, Others are still of the opinion that Ruby and Arnold were slain elsewhere and then dumped back at the crash site. It's not unusual for inebriated people involved in an accident to flee the scene, afraid they will be hit with a DUI or an OWI charges or charges related to the injury of a death or any passengers. Those charges are serious. And because all three people involved were also underage, this could have come with hefty fines and jail time. Ruby and Arnold had a small child. They could have been afraid of what would happen to her if they were both incarcerated. And we all know that alcohol loosens inhibitions and people do things they would not normally do. Leaving the scene of an accident is a crime. However, hypothermia must also be considered. When temperatures are as low as they were that morning, hypothermia strikes quickly and severely with the first symptoms being bewilderment and a lack of coordination. If you go a little bit more into how decomposition functions, the inconsistent decomposition is intriguing, but not too strange. If two bodies are discovered simultaneously 
and they both died at the same time, it makes sense that they would be in the same physical condition. That is if two bodies were outside for the same period of time and weather. The fact that Ruby and Arnold were not discovered in the same circumstances. It's interesting and adds some confusion to the case. Ruby was discovered and she was in a considerably worse condition than Arnold, who was discovered in freezing water, which changes everything because it can help preserve bodies. This means whereas Arnold had the water surrounding him, which was still colder than the air, she had nothing to shield her face from the rising temperatures. Furthermore, in both circumstances, it will be exceedingly difficult to pinpoint the exact moment of death, let alone the date. Especially in Ruby's case, because of how much evidence was destroyed due to decomposition. And with Arnold's body being well preserved but submerged in water, which may have washed away any evidence, there are some inconsistencies there that make sense. If they were both in that ditch the entire time, why weren't they discovered that night? Youngstrom repeatedly walked through the ditch where the bodies were located, but no one else who checked the area or happened to be nearby noticed any indication that Ruby and Arnold had been there. Where were they throughout that time? To keep Arnold and Ruby out of trouble, Tracy may have made a mistake or lied to cover it up. Although it's hard to say, I guess it's possible. People who are intoxicated frequently make false claims. She might have been sober or just beginning to sober up at that time. And in that state of mind, it's hard to remember what happened. Ruby's father passed away in 2001. In his interview, he expressed the belief that the couple passed away somewhere else and were taken back to their ditch before being discovered. Although little is known about Arnold and Ruby due to the passage of time and in a situation that is frustratingly bizarre, I have provided some of my own ideas and beliefs regarding the available evidence. Although I still do not know what happened to Arnold and Ruby, I do think the situation is undoubtedly strange. I mean, most of what happened can be explained by the science of decomposition and the effects of weather on dead bodies. In my opinion, there are still a few odd things that don't make sense. If there is anyone out there who has any information regarding this case, please submit a tip on unsolved.com. Due to whatever occurred in the early morning hours of December 12th, 1992, there is a woman and a man who suddenly vanished, however their bodies showing up around three months later in a ditch around 70 feet from the crash site remains a puzzling mystery. That's all for episode 9, about the unsolved mystery that happened to Arnold Archambault and Ruby Brugge. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at PeacedPod, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care, and I'll see you next month for another episode of Peaced.